Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of August 8th, 2022. And for this week's episode, I'd like to examine how the fleet industry is very vulnerable to being blindsided by events that are completely beyond its control. And there are many examples of this, especially from a historical perspective, such as the rise in commodity prices due to the war in the Ukraine, the impact of the COVID pandemic, or going back further to the credit crisis of 2008, 2009, or even earlier with the 1973 OPEC oil embargo, which to this day still represents the most significant catalyst of change that the fleet industry has ever experienced. And someday I'd like to cover that in a future episode. But until then, the reality is that fleet, even on a global scale, is only a small cog in the much larger global macro economy. And fleet is often impacted by geopolitical events beyond our control. So with this in mind, if you've been watching the news, you know that last week on Tuesday, August 2nd, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, visited Taiwan, which ignited a dramatic increase in geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China. And then from August 3rd to August 7th, the Chinese government launched a series of unprecedented increases in military activities around Taiwan protesting Speaker Pelosi's visit to the island. And what was alarming to some observers is that it appeared that the Chinese military activities as shown on the map displayed on your screen, is potentially a rehearsal of how we would implement a sea and air blockade of the island of Taiwan that could ultimately, at some future date, be used as a springboard to invade the island. So you might ask yourself, what does this have to do with the U.S. fleet industry? Well, first, Taiwan manufactures almost 50% of the world's semiconductors, and this has created concerns about the vulnerability of the entire global microprocessor supply chain, which has implications to every industrial segment, such as the auto industry, all the way to national security ramifications, since microprocessors are integral to almost every weapon system in the U.S. arsenal. And if you thought today's microchip shortage is bad, a major disruption of Taiwan's microchip production due to a geopolitical event that just got out of control would be cataclysmic. Today, there are five major semiconductor manufacturers in Taiwan, with the largest being the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, or TSMC, as it's commonly called. TSMC is the world's largest semiconductor manufacturer. And to give you an idea of how large it is, consider that the second largest semiconductor manufacturer in the world is Samsung, and TSMC's microprocessor production and revenue is three times bigger than that of Samsung. Today, Taiwan dominates the world semiconductor manufacturing industry by globally controlling 48% of the foundry market, namely the global manufacturing capabilities. The country with the second largest semiconductor manufacturing base is South Korea. The fact that more than half of the global production of microprocessor chips are concentrated in just two countries, Taiwan and South Korea, is a growing concern because people fear that a future China-Taiwan conflict could lead to a catastrophic worldwide semiconductor shortage, the likes of which would be at a magnitude several factors greater than what we are experiencing today. And this concern has caught the attention of the U.S. military, which, like all militaries around the world, conducts war games to identify the best way to militarily address potential international situations before they actually occur. 
And one example of this is the publication of a U.S. Army War College paper that recommends a scorched earth strategy to deter a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. This scorched earth strategy calls for the U.S. and Taiwan to threaten to destroy the facilities of the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company if China threatens to invade Taiwan. And the reason this is considered a deterrent is that TSMC is China's most important external microprocessor supplier and its destruction would immobilize or greatly hobble China's high-tech industries. The U.S. Army War College report states that this threat could be sufficient in and of itself to inhibit China from launching a massive invasion of Taiwan that potentially could also involve the U.S. military. Even if the foundries in Taiwan survive a Chinese takeover, the U.S. Army War College report says that these foundries would almost certainly be cut off from the global supply chain, curtailing their ability to produce microprocessors. For the fleet industry and the global economy in general, the end result would be a microprocessor shortage that the world has never seen before, and it would take years, perhaps a decade, from which to recover. And you can read the report yourself. A full copy of the U.S. Army War College report can be downloaded at no charge from the internet. And the title of the report is Broken Nest, Turing China from Invading Taiwan. So just Google it and you'll find it. And my personal opinion is that I think there's some merit to this, to the scorched earth strategy, despite the fact that it's extremely draconian. And the reason I say that is that in addition to last week's unprecedented spike in Chinese military activity around Taiwan, China has also announced last week a series of economic sanctions against key Taiwanese industries exporting products to China. And the one glaring exception was that Taiwanese microprocessor exports to China, in particular those from TSMC, were not included in the sanction. So why? To me, this speaks volumes as to the importance that China assigns to a Taiwanese microprocessor imports that facilitate the smooth functioning of its economy. In the final analysis, Chinese economic sanctions against TSMC microprocessor exports would have definitely hurt the economy of Taiwan. It would definitely have been punitive, but apparently so too would it have also hurt the Chinese economy. Although microprocessors have become crucial to building new vehicles, in the overall scheme of things, the automotive industry is not a large buyer of microprocessors when compared against other industries that buy microprocessors in volume. For instance, the world's largest chip buyer is Apple, which is also TSMC's largest customer. So microprocessors for smartphones represent 48% of the chips produced by TSMC, while automotive microprocessors represent only 3% of TSMC's total sales. But TSMC's production volume is so large that this 3% of total sales still represents a significant production volume, plus the top five manufacturers of the of automotive microprocessors also outsource some of their production to TSMC as a contract manufacturer. So the strategy on the part of the US is to bring as much semiconductor manufacturing as possible back to the US and as soon as possible. To facilitate this, in July 2022, the US Congress passed the CHIPS Act to expand US semiconductor manufacturing. And this is a $52 billion funding bill 
that's designed to help companies such as Intel and others to boost the semiconductor manufacturing footprint in the U.S. So what is the current status of microchip shortage, which is now entering its second year? Well, for the first half of calendar year 2022, the microchip shortage did improve, but it didn't improve as much as the industry expected. Today, every microchip company is producing microchips at maximum speed because they have maximum demand. But despite this, supply continues to lag demand. And some say, why not just speed up chip production so we can put this issue behind us? Well, the reality is that semiconductor production just doesn't work that way. The manufacturing of semiconductor chips is extremely complex and very time consuming. So for instance, it takes 12 weeks to manufacture a basic microchip, such as those used in automobiles, and more complex chips can take up to 20 weeks to produce. So with this in mind, what is the industry forecast on when the supply of microprocessors will reach equilibrium with end user demand? And the world's largest chip producer in terms of overall revenue is Intel, and its CEO, Pat Gelsinger, said he doesn't expect the shortage of semiconductors to end until calendar year 2024, which would put us into the 2025 model year. So with this as my final observation, I'd like to conclude my State of the Fleet Industry presentation for the week of August 8th, 2022. And I'd like to thank you for watching.